Hey everyone, welcome to Undo Redo Podcast. I want to welcome all the new listeners. I love you guys. You guys are all I think about and my passion, and I just want to help boost everyone and help everyone in the ways that I've learned that have helped me. So it's the month of love. Valentine's Day is here, and I'm so glad that there's a holiday that celebrates love because I love my people. There's so many things that I love so many people that I love. I've been working a lot recently, like since last November, <laughs> because I love what I do. Um, I've been working so much. I decide to feel so much love this month and I decided on purpose. It has been such a success for me to do this. I did this on Mother's Day last year and I'm going to tell you all about it right now. As it relates to my husband and my kids and me being a mom on Mother's Day, here's what I did. Ahead of time, I was like, I'm going to feel so much love as a mother and a wife on Mother's Day. And I woke up on Mother's Day and I thought of everyone individually. I just started to be like, I am going to feel so much love. I love my people so much. And I individually thought about what I love most about them how they've influenced my life, what would be missing if they were never a part of my life. And this lasted all day. And it took a while, you know, as I went about my day for each person that I ran into or hugged or thought of. And it really brought me a range of emotions, a range of really good emotions. It brought to the surface for me like a whole experience throughout the day, you guys. I felt like excited when I thought about my oldest he's 26 this year. He's the one that I became a mom for, you know, such a joy he is to watch manifest all the things that he wants in his life. I felt sad when I thought about the miscarriage I had between my second and third child. And I sent my love in that way to them and to me and to God for that whole experience of connecting and loss. I felt fear as I remembered that my girl, who's now 20, was struggling to live as the doctors rushed to perform an emergency C-section on me, and that that would be her best chance at being able to have a life. And watching her learn and grow and being the other female in the house and um, sorting through my ability to work on my relationship with females in my life where I had a lot of blocks and mistrust and and things like that that was holding me holding me back. Um, it's been so fun to have her in my life and what a joy that she is. Now, and I felt so much love for her that day. I really did on Mother's Day. I was like, wow, I feel so much love thinking of all the good things about my daughter. <clears throat> Excuse me. I might have a raspy voice. I'm getting over being sick. And my second child, I thought of him. He's now 22 and he just makes me smile every time I see him or think about him. And he was always a good laugh growing up. And he reminds me all the time that everything will be okay. Even when I could see he wasn't quite sure of it himself, he is the sweetest. He has the best heart. And my youngest, who blows everything I knew about being a parent out of the water completely. He is 17 and his personality, he has a gift for connection deeper than surface level with others. I mean, he, this kid is extreme. He goes above and beyond. He has been handed a life to live with one eye and he's taken it like a champ. Like this made him a target of so much ridicule, right? Cause humans are just mean sometimes. 
And even still, he goes out of his way to make things happen that he really wants to have happen in his life. And when I think about this, I feel so inspired. Like I think about him and I am just like, wow, he is so inspiring to me. So although stubborn, right, which has its downsides, he has a talent and is is used so well. Like he puts blinders on and he just goes for what he wants. He is he is all he is so brave and and I love that about him. So here's the perfect story to tie into this week's podcast with Love Misunderstood. In contrast, the year before on Mother's Day, I woke up and made a big breakfast for everybody. Okay, and I had a lot of people living in my house at the time. And not to throw anybody under the bus, I just want to tell you my story. And if they're listening, love you guys. Um, I wake up, I I make a huge breakfast like for everybody, something that I love to eat. And I I wondered who would get up. I didn't want to like really wake anybody up or make them come. And then they didn't. And then I went along my day. I went to my meetings like I like to go to for worship service and um, came home. I even argued with my youngest like because I can't control my adults, right? But my teenager's still a teenager. Get up, you're coming with me. Get up, you're coming with me. And he never did. And we fought for like 40 minutes, okay? And I I, I get to church. He comes in late and he sits by me and he, uh, they talked about Mother's Day. Someone brought it up and he leans over and says, happy Mother's Day. And I thought, oh yeah, by the way, you know, and my my thoughts were so poor. Like, I saw that they didn't come to breakfast. I saw that I wasn't important. When I saw my other kids, when I got home later, like they didn't say anything. Like nobody remembered me. And those thoughts hurt so much. Like I was having the worst day ever because everyone forgot about me. Nobody said anything. And the people who don't live here, like the adults who've moved out, like I didn't even hear from them, you know? And then my husband just kind of gets out of bed, like whenever he wants. And like people, I guess, ate the breakfast. I don't even remember because it just wasn't even like something I really care to remember other than I love the contrast of it. I love the contrast of the next year, Now that I knew I didn't want to feel that way, I did something about it. And I felt so amazing on Mother's Day. So I'm doing it again. I'm telling you this because I'm doing it again tomorrow for Valentine's Day. I have written letters to them all. I already have felt love all month thinking about what I'm going to say to each of them. I have poured love and truth out from my heart to each of them. Um, I'll also be calling them and showering them with all of my loving thoughts towards them and texting them and maybe Snapchatting them so they know without a doubt that I love them and that I love them so deeply and so much. Not that they already don't know, right? But I get to feel so much love every time I do this with or without them knowing. Like they didn't know I've been thinking about them all month, right? Unless I tell them. Also, I put a freebie out on my social media to help others speak their love in this way, in an empowering way. It kind of lays out how you do this for you and what to say that's very accurate, not putting anyone in charge of anyone else's feelings and having us all be separate in our agency. So whoever comes across that download will have many more accurate ways to write their love letters and many more prompts for having conversations that connect, like really connect, like deeper than traditional cards and flowers. So using words in like a truthful way connects us beautifully on that deeper level that we desire. We all desire that deeper level. We just don't know how to get there. So here's an example, like you make me happy. You know, we say, I am happy with you. And then we line up and keep choosing to get back to being happy when we're with them. So if we get off track, we're like, no, I'm happy with them. You know, I am happy when I'm with you. I'm happy in spite of you. I'm I'm happy because I want to be happy by you because I decided they're important enough 
and I need to do the work to be happy, right? Okay. Here's the episode, Love Misunderstood. If I've not already given you enough information already by telling you stories, stories are so connecting. I think you guys need to know um, this stuff. It gives you an eye into my life anyway, and it connects us because now you know me better. I want to know you guys better. You need to keep reaching out. I certainly do love, and I know holiday times, I don't really hear from people. And then all of a sudden I hear from everybody, but, um, and it comes in waves, but keep doing it. I love it. I want to communicate with you guys because I want to hear and see what you need so I can tailor these episodes to be something that you need to hear, something that you want to hear, something that you struggle with. So give me your worst and um, I'll address it. Promise. And this episode is one of the most important episodes that I've, that I have done so far. It is the key to having the best life you could ever have. If you learn anything from me on my entire quest on all of these episodes, it's to love. And what I have learned about it, I want to be an example in my stories to learn to love. It's like being bilingual. We've learned it in a certain way and now we need to learn it in this other way and we need to, you know, pick one. Like, your main language is this, but if you learn this other language, that could very well be your next main language, okay? So many of us misunderstand love. And I am out on a task today and next week, and um, we'll see. But it's a month of love, so I want to do at least two of these podcasts on love. And today is about misunderstanding it. I want to clarify it as much as possible because my whole life, I thought that when someone misbehaves, we must react. We must like put the, put the hammer down, you know, withdraw, lash out, demand, you know, and what does that do? I don't know. Why do we do it? It's like to cut off connection as a way of showing our disapproval for what they are doing. It's an attempt to what? Promote behavior change. So they want to feel love and connection with us and they want to be having our approval so they better change their behavior. But it's by using negative reinforcement and withdrawing love that we get more love and respect? No. So listen to this though. When we get married, we're like, you complete me. Now you're in charge of making me happy. That's the reason why counseling and therapy did not work for me. And um, although it helped me and it gave me lots of tips, it did not work for me. It did not give me what coaching gave me. How about having kids? We have kids and we do the same. We're like, hey, I'm going to give you, little baby, the ownership of whether or not I'm happy. <laughs> They're just kids. They're babies. They become adult humans eventually. And we've decided that they are the excuse for us to not be happy. So many excuses. So many things they do are our reasons for not being happy. And they're just living their lives. They're depending on us for their survival, right? For their learning. And until they can go out and do it on their own and then just keep the cycle going, which I think is just sometimes mean, um, but necessary. And we're tired because of them. We have anxiety because of them. We can't sleep at night because of them. We're waiting for them to get home. Why do they make these decisions? And the list goes on. But it, it's just never justified. And we end up feeling horrible. So they show up and we, sh we show up like we're their enemy. They come in and we're like, where have you been? 
so upset because what they just did controls us, right? No, it doesn't. It's just something that they did and we're deciding what to make it mean. Does this make any sense? Why do we hand our well-being over to people who aren't going to do a good job with it? I'm barely able to do a good job with it myself, my own well-being. Hello, let's get married. I love you and you can have the responsibility for every feeling I have for the rest of our lives. Or welcome into the world, this little baby of mine, and now you are in charge of me and I am at the mercy of you. No wonder we're so unhappy. Like we love our people, I know, and nobody wants to be called out on not being loving when you're trying to demand respect and put rules in place and punish people for poor behavior, but we're unable to experience love in deeper, more accurate ways. So let's just undo this right away if you're in and if you want to and if you can see it. In marriage, becoming one together as a married couple was never meant to be two half people making one. It was about being one mind, meaning you have conversations that align you both, that you both have an end focus and an end game and the long run in mind. And and being a parent was never meant to be at the expense of taking care of myself, making sure that I got what I needed and that I was okay with doing the best I could and that I got creative at making that happen for me, making sure I got enough sleep, doing what I could to um, request things of my kids, having my own back when it gets harder for me and not giving up on the way I eat and my routines of my and my exercise and the way I want to be in my life. And keeping my power instead of falling victim to the mode of like lying there helpless at the mercy of all of it. It solely punishes me when I do this, not them. I'm upset. I'm worried. I have anxiety. I'm going to teach them a lesson, right? It's like, I'll show them. And I have spent hours, days, weeks, months, and years doing this behavior for no good reason other than to come to learn to see the contrast of it in my life. And I am so pleased with the way I can decide to show up. I am more accurately being who I want to be. And I'm aware now that I can stop blaming them for who I'm showing up as. And I've pondered it a lot. I've digested it over time. And now I can see that it is becoming my redo. What can I do to feel love? Love never hurts. I feel love when I choose to love. I feel full when I eat. Nobody can do that for me. Somebody can't be like, yeah, I'll just make sure I eat enough for you too. Otherwise, we would eat for the starving people to be full. That just, I can't believe I said that. It has made all the difference in the quality of my life though. And there is no greater feeling than love. I get to feel love when I choose it. The closeness that we want to have is found in truth. No secrets, no people pleasing. We do things because we want to. Do things because you want to and let them do or not do the things because they want to and just love them as they are. Allowing them to be them and just loving them is where happiness and true love lies and make it true. Own you and all that you are 
and it shifts your relationship. That alone will shift a relationship. And over time, they have a shift in their relationship as well to make adjustments to you. It's kind of like a dance we do. They say sometimes relationship is like a dance. A few toes will get stepped on at first because it's new. And it may be hard because you just changed the dance step on them, right? Without even telling them. But people love someone who loves them fiercely and proves it without having any conditions put on it. Just being themselves is totally lovable and it relaxes a relationship. So this is how to feel more love. It's all in your agency. It's all in your thoughts. The quality of your relationships are the quality of your thoughts, remember? Not anything coming from them. They can't give you anything. They can't do enough for you for you to feel love. This kind of love is not about them having to do it your way or else. It's not about you having to do it their way or else. It's about truth and ownership. No eggshells, no expectations. So you go first. You guys share this episode with someone you thought of while you were listening. And you know I say it, but it's true. The heavens reach us through other people. And so we be it an answer to somebody else's prayers. Let's be there for ourselves and let's be there for each other in the best and most encouraging ways possible. Remember, hurry and go to lifecoachalisa.com and enter your email to be sent the right ways to Valentine. If you're looking to reach anyone on a deeper level and connect, I, I will send you such a valuable information like you don't want to miss this. And I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day and I will talk to you next week.